given that it's just a few minutes to midnight on Monday night and the literal last game of week 16 is still being played as we speak, what better time to record the week 17 episode? Because that's just the year it's been, folks. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. We are not fueled this evening by Nerd Tees because it is nearly midnight, and are you insane? I would like to sleep this evening, but welcome to week 17, the final week of the regular season of the 2020 NFL football regular season. Many NFL fans and many just in the sports world in general probably didn't think we were going to get to this point, and I can even count myself among them. It did even feel at times this season like we would never get to week 17, but look at that, we are finally here. So, very briefly, because of course the week isn't technically over yet, let's take a look at what the results are going to be. I mean, as of right now, Buffalo is absolutely curb stomping the Patriots in the Monday Night Football game. It was 38-9 to last time I looked. So I'm going to finish the week at 8 and 8 for week 16 only even money straight up 148 91 and 1 straight up through 16 weeks that is 61.7 percent basically even if i went 16 and 0 next week i'd have to look at this season as at least a little bit of a down year i'm certainly used to having a better straight up record than what i have right now although i do think i would be looking at a better straight up season than i had last year where i finished 154 101 and 1. Against the spread, I'm going to be 6-9-1 and one on week 16. That's going to have me 110-123-7 against the spread. There's a possibility I could still pull it to 500, but man, what a miracle that would be. Uh, on the totals, I'm actually going to be over 500 for week 16. 8-7-1 has me only now 25 totals in the hole, 105-130-5. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. I missed my platinum pick because the Cleveland Browns did Cleveland Browns things and lost to the New York Jets by a touchdown. I did get the other three, of course, straight up against the spread. Now, I did tell you to take the Jets plus the nine and a half points. I knew that was too many points, but I didn't expect them to win the game outright. On the totals, I did get under 45 in Baltimore and the Giants. As far as the results in the Pick'em Pools go, I'm not going to know those until the morning. I will update you on the results in both the Bridgewater's Finest and the Anti and Co. Pick'em Pools for Week 16 heading into Week 17. Again, I will update those for you in the comments section below of this episode once I have those official results. As a reminder to everyone in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool... This pool continues through the playoffs, so you are not done even after this week. You still have every single playoff game left to pick after week 17. 
Let's take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator, and my official affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator is in the description to this episode. You're going to go there and you're going to find, oh my god, it's the absolute greatest resource for me, the long-term fantasy football player, whether you play Keeper whether you play Dynasty, whether you play Superflex, whether you play with a tight end premium or a running back points per carry, if you're full PPR, if you're half PPR, if you have individual defensive players, it does not matter. The Dynasty Trade Calculator, your number one resource online for player evaluations, trade evaluations, podcasts, rankings, everything that you want to prepare yourself to dominate your Dynasty League, you're going to find it on the dynasty trade calculator hit my affiliate link in the description below plans beginning as little as three dollars folks for three bucks you can take the bull by the proverbial horns and dominate your dynasty league now it went two three and one for the second straight week in fantasy just across my six fantasy football teams in the professionals dynasty league i did pick up the win in the third place game against the smdt fight in seven which means i will finish in third place in that pool gotta believe it's a little bit of a letdown from the incredible 11 and 2 regular season that i had finishing the regular season in first place finish in third obviously wanted another championship and if I would have made it to the championship game, I literally just set the league record for the highest score ever, ever in this league since we launched in 2017. The highest single week score ever. Coming into the game tonight, my score was sitting at over 256 points, fantasy points, in this matchup. And again, that is by far, by like 20 points, the highest score ever. I could have done that in a championship matchup. So it did really gut me that I was not in the championship round this week because obviously I would have dominated. And I'm just clicking here to check in and see what my final score was. It's going to be 260.44, which is going to be a full pretty much 25 points higher than anybody else has ever ever had in this league so it is really gutting now in the uh, nfl youtube prognosticators fantasy football league i lost to geo in the sacco game i'm gonna finish in eighth place out of 12 and I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts just like this one, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 17 in the NFL, information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for the playoffs. Remember, win yourself a round, win yourself a week, get yourself shouted out on the playoff version of this show you can find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page and find information on my great friends and sponsors at nerd tees now as i mentioned i'm not fueled by nerd tees this evening but nerd tees is in my heart because i would like to sleep but damn i do love their tees nerdtees.ca promo code bwfinest and you're going to save 15 percent at checkout on whatever you order on 
nerdtees.ca. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks. You're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Dozens and dozens of incredible tea blends, all kinds of teaware and accessories, everything you need to have a delicious, warming, just a soul, soul fulfilling cup of tea from nerdtees.ca. Hit that promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. It's not too late to fuel up just before the playoffs. So, you're going to notice that this week's games are a little bit out of order. So what I did is I'm going to be firing through the first five games at least because those are the five of the 16 games this week that have absolutely no bearing on anything in the playoffs neither team has anything to play for other than draft position and potentially pride because it's a full week of division games so teams that play each other all the time know each other very well first five games we're going to fire through because they have no implications whatsoever after that i've tried to arrange the schedule in terms of which games have the most at stake so you could have one team that's got everything to play for and another team that's got nothing or very little to play for and vice versa until we come all the way to the final game before we get to the platinum gold silver and bronze picks and i'll spoil it here for you it's the new york giants and the dallas cowboys the last game we'll talk about before we get to the platinum gold silver and bronze because that's winner go home for both teams the winner of that game could very well determine who wins the division who gets a home playoff game who goes to the postseason so that's the way we're going to do it again we're going to fire through the first five games without too too much to talk about but i did also want to just make a quick point the microphone that you're listening to this episode and every episode of this podcast basically that i have ever done this is my last week recording with this microphone got myself a little upgrade over christmas as anybody knows if you look at my header on my twitter account i've been using the blue snowball for the last four years Got a little upgrade to the Blue Yeti, the blackout edition of the Blue Yeti. I can't wait to kick off using that microphone beginning next week with my first round playoff predictions. But, you know, raise the glass, little round of applause, tip of the cap, whatever you feel like you want to do to this Blue Snowball microphone, which has been my microphone, my anchor, which with which I can send my words to your ear holes for the last four years. So, without further ado, let's kick things off with the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. Patriots obviously entering the week with the short week, having played and getting absolutely embarrassed tonight by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I am taking the Patriots to win this game. Obviously, neither team has anything to play for. Potentially, the Patriots are playing for draft position. I don't know. I don't think teams at this point are going to be looking at that too, too much if they really don't have much of anything else at stake here. The Jets have won two straight games. Bully for them. They're still not a good football team. I don't know what in the world happened to the Cleveland Browns last week, but my God, how do you lose that game? When you're fighting and trying to get into the playoffs, all of a sudden, you look past the Jets, and now you're in a position where you could be that one team in the AFC that doesn't make it but in any case I'm taking the Patriots to win this game they're at home they're the better football team neither team has been playing fantastic lately but I think top to bottom the Patriots are a better football team I'm going to take them at home Patriots beat the Jets 
Now, on the line, the Patriots are laying three and a half points at home. Neither one of these teams is very good. I'm taking the points in this one. I'm going to hedge my bets and take the Jets plus the three and a half points. Total in the game set at 43. I've only got this game capped in the mid-30s, so I feel pretty good about this football game staying under that point total. We're going to go under 43 points in the Patriots and the Jets. Let's go New England 20, New York 17. Would not be surprised in the least to see Jared Stidham start this game for the Patriots, lead the Pats to a win. Next, we're going to Denver for the Broncos taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, one of the more recent teams to be booted out of the playoff picture. The Raiders have the benefit of the long week here, and I'm going to take them on the road in Denver against a Broncos team that absolutely does not protect the football. They are utter garbage at protecting the football. I believe their turnover differential is something like minus 20 this season. It's absolutely embarrassing. Again, Raiders have the little bit more rest and at the very least the Raiders can score some points their defense is awful and against a team that would be scoring a little bit more than Denver maybe I might be worried about that but I'm not the Raiders should be able to score their way out of any minor modicum of trouble that they get into in this football game I'm taking the Raiders on the road in Denver to beat the Broncos on the line, Raiders are two and a half point favorites on the road in Denver. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the two and a half points on Vegas. Total in the game set at 51 points. I've only got this capped as a mid to high 40. I don't have it getting into the 50s. So for the second straight game, we're going to stick under and under 51 points in the Raiders and the Broncos. Let's go Vegas 32, Broncos 15. See, I told you we're cutting a good pace here. Let's go to Detroit now for a battle of two teams, obviously division rivals because every game this week is that way, but two teams who both have the benefit of the long week of rest, the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. Now for the Vikings, this is back-to-back -back road games for them, but man, teams that have been on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games have been on absolute fire lately. Now with their record all the way up to 35-28 and 1 straight up and against the spread 34 27 and 3 so not only are these teams winning these matchups they're covering these matchups both of these teams are on three game losing streaks but the detroit lions have only won one game all season in their own building and the vikings do have a winning record inside the division at three and two i'm going to take the vikings here the vikings to me are the better football team they've been playing better lately i'm going to take minnesota over detroit on the line, the Vikings are laying six and a half points on the road in Detroit. Initially, this felt like too many points for me, but I'm going to go ahead and lay it. The Lions, as underdogs, have the third worst against the spread record in the entire NFL over this season. I have no faith in the Lions whatsoever, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Vikings have the bigger nuclear weapons in this matchup. So we're going to go ahead and take the Vikings to cover that six and a half point spread. Total in the game set at 54 and a half. This is a pretty easy layup over for me. I've got this thing in the 60s and in the high 60s at that. So we're going to go over 54 and a half points in Minnesota, Detroit. Let's go Vikings 37, Lions 30.
We're going to go to Kansas City now for at least our first game featuring a playoff team, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, both of these teams come into this matchup with some injury concerns, but it's worth noting, Kansas City's got absolutely nothing to play for here. They've already clinched the first round by. They know that the AFC playoffs go through Kansas City. They can literally gain nothing else. So expect the Chiefs to heavily rest starters on both sides of the football in this matchup. Now, like I said, injury concern on both sidelines. For the Chiefs, it's wide receiver Sammy Watkins. He injured his calf last week. Unlikely to play this week. There's absolutely no reason to play him. But they're quoted as saying he should be back for the playoffs. Good news for Chiefs backers. Now for the Chargers, it's safety Sean Jenkins. He injured his ankle. His status is uncertain. And per Jesse Boric of Rotoballer, he says it's an uphill battle for Jenkins to play this week. He's had himself a pretty good season in the Chargers secondary. Now, despite the fact that, like I say, the Chiefs are going to be heavily resting starters because there's absolutely no reason for them to be playing their starters this week, do you trust Anthony Lynn? Do you trust the LA Chargers? Even with what Justin Herbert has done this year, and it's been pretty fantastic. Justin Herbert's going to have a couple of touchdown passes in this game, no question about it. Probably have himself a 300-yard game, but I, there's no way I can trust Anthony Lynn to do anything, to do anything right. How he still has a job is absolutely mind-boggling to me, and I'm not even the kind of person that really likes to say that about people, but my God, like how much more can you screw something up and, and expect to still, you know, kind of keep your job? Just, the team is so damn snake-bitten. Um, I, I have to take the Chiefs. I think even the Chiefs resting their first-string starters almost across the board are probably a more reliable football team than the Chargers are. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs at home to beat the Chargers. And the Chiefs are actually underdogs in this matchup, so Vegas 100% expects them to sit all of their starters. Chiefs are plus three and a half at home to the Chargers. That's a half point hook that there is no way in hell that I'm going to buy. I like the Chiefs to win outright. I think you hedge this either way. Take the Chiefs plus three and a half. Total in the game set at 44 points. I think this is pretty well a perfect total. The only real, real perfect total of the week. Situationally speaking, that being Kansas City at home and the Chargers on the road, these two teams have hit 8 of 14 overs this year, so it's a slight lean, but I'm going to go over on a pretty middling number of 44 in Los Angeles, Kansas City. Let's go Chiefs 24, Chargers 21, last second field goal. Let's go to Tampa Bay where we have basically the exact same situation that we had in Kansas City. You got the Tampa Bay Bucks playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. One team's going to the playoffs, one team's not. I expect Tampa Bay to heavily rest starters in this game. Now, it's not that Tampa has nothing to play for, but they can't get a first round bye. So really, they're just playing to like, oh, we could be the number two seed instead of the number three seed or the number three seed instead of the number four seed and without having a complete picture about who the teams are going to be behind them there's there's no real telling of exactly how they would do that whether they'll do that why they would want to do that I just think the Bucks are going to rest starters here certainly in the second half of this game that they should be leading fairly comfortably by that point the Bucks also have the benefit of the long week in this matchup, and the Falcons are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. I mean, look, 
There's a reason the Bucks are going to the playoffs and the Falcons aren't. For a little while there, the Falcons' defense was playing some real good statistical defense. It was kind of looking like they had a little something-something, but the last few weeks have proven that they've got nothing-nothing. And at the very least, the Bucks have played really good football over the last few weeks. Even if the Bucks do rest a lot of their starters, I still think this is a multi-possession game for Tampa Bay. So we are going to go ahead and take the Bucks at home to beat the Falcons. On the line, Tampa's a six and a half point favorite. So clearly Vegas is not 100% convinced that they're going to be resting their starters. I'm going to lay that with Tampa Bay because I just, I have no faith in the Falcons right now. Not at this point in the season. Let's lay the points, take minus six and a half. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. I've only got this in the mid 40s. So I'm going to tell you to stick under on this one. This is a total that these two teams could very easily smash. I just don't think they're going to. So we're going to go under 50 and a half points in Tampa, Atlanta. Let's go Bucks 28, Falcons 18. Now's the point where we're going to start to get into some games that actually have some implications. So for the, these next two games, we're talking about the potential that one team could get that NFC buy, that number one seed in the NFC. The two games we're talking about is the 49ers at home taking on the Seahawks and the Panthers at home taking on the Saints. Now we're going to start in San Francisco there again, the Niners at home taking on Seattle Niners with the benefit of the long week here an extra day of rest Niners one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL in terms of their turnover differential now again Seattle certainly needs some help here they need some help they're going to be scoreboard watching in this game in a big bad way they need to not only win this game but they need help from New Orleans as well as Green Bay they need both of those teams to lose this week and they need them to win, and they could still be that number one seed in the NFC. So Seattle is going to come out here and play some football. I don't necessarily think, while they're scoreboard watching, that they're going to be overly happy with what they see, because the Saints have a very winnable matchup, and the Packers are playing a team in Chicago whose absolute number they have, no matter where they play them. So I think by about the third quarter, the writing's going to be on the wall here for Seattle, that they're not going to get the help that they need to get that number one seed. I still think Seattle's going to win the game. Again, I just don't trust that 49ers team with how horribly they control the football. Seattle's playing very good opportunistic defense lately. But in the second half, I expect them to sit Wilson. I expect them to sit Metcalf, sit Lockett. They're going to start sitting their players in advance of next week's playoff game. So I still like Seattle to win. It's just not going to be by a huge margin. But I will take the Seahawks on the road in San Francisco against San Francisco as the home team, quote-unquote, to beat the Niners. On the line, Seattle's a four-and-a-half-point favorite as the road team here. Uh, I'm not taking those points. This could be a backdoor cover. I, it wouldn't shock me in the least if this was a backdoor cover, but to hook the extra point-and-a-half when I don't think Seattle's going to like what they see on the scoreboard, this is a bit of a hedge, mind you, because the Niners could come up and upset them, but I'm going to take those four-and-a-half points on the Niners. 
Total in the game set at 47. I capped this around a mid-40, so it's a close one. Between these two teams, they've hit 13 of 30 overs this year. That's a slight lean to the under. So we're going to stick under 47 points in Seattle, San Francisco. Let's go Seahawks 23, Niners 22. Real interesting football game. And we'll go to the aforementioned Saints and Panthers game, this game in Carolina. Saints also having the benefit of the long week here. The Saints, I think, will stay with their number one, you know, their their top stringers. I think they'll stay with them longer than Seattle will because even, like, they're not particularly worried what Seattle's doing. Who New Orleans is really worried about is they're worried about what Green Bay is doing. So it's not going to be until late in the fourth quarter or midway through the fourth quarter before the Saints potentially see some writing on the wall depending on how that Packers game goes and the Packers game we're going to be talking about quite a little bit later because you got a team in Chicago that's still got everything to play for there Carolina's got nothing to play for in this matchup New Orleans I think they're going to win the game especially where they've got the benefit of the extra rest I don't necessarily know that the Saints are playing incredible football right now, but that offense has certainly picked things up. I mean, they put up 52 points last week, for crying out loud. Carolina, they're a middle-of-the-road football team. They've been a middle-of-the-road team all year. Let's take the Saints on the road in Carolina to beat the Panthers. Now, on the line, the Panthers are six-and-a-half-point dogs at home. This is another one that I'm going to take because I don't necessarily... It, it all depends on that Green Bay game. All three of these games being played at the same time. Six-and-a-half just seems like a lot of points to me, especially if New Orleans does later in the game start to pull their starters out of the game if they see that it looks like a foregone conclusion that Green Bay is going to win that game. Green Bay's got the inside track to the number one seed. So I think you're looking at another backdoor cover situation here. Let's take the Panthers plus the six and a half. Total in the game here set at 48 points. I've got this at a low 50. So I do think this thing crawls over by just a couple of points. We're going to go over 48 in New Orleans, Carolina. Let's go Saints 28, Panthers 23. Let's go to Philly now in a matchup that a couple weeks ago, it looked like this might be the matchup to determine the NFC East champion. And in a way, of course, it certainly will be. But this winds up being the matchup, aside from the Giants and the Cowboys, that features the one team that's out of it. So the Philadelphia Eagles at home taking on Washington. Eagles have struggled all year at controlling the football, due in no small part to a litany of interceptions from Carson Wentz. Eagles also entering this game with an injury concern of their own. Washington, relatively clean slate, although newsworthy earlier today, Washington cut quarterback Dwayne Haskins. I feel bad for Haskins. Hopefully he picks up somewhere else. Hard to believe that he would be that much of a bust. I would hope that if he gets a second opportunity somewhere else, a la a Marcus Mariota, a la a Ryan Tannehill. Hopefully he gets an opportunity somewhere else and can actually show what he's capable of doing as a professional. 
As I mentioned, injury concern for Philly. It's in their front seven, which if there is any strength on that Eagles defense, and there are certainly some strengths, I think it's their pass rush. I think it's their front seven, but they are likely going to be without Fletcher Cox in this game. He was injured heading into last week. He suffered a stinger last week. His status is uncertain. I would be really surprised if Fletcher Cox played. And this is a bit of a spoiler, but I think Washington is going to win this division. I think they're the better team. I'm banking on that defense. I've got Washington winning this game in Philadelphia. And if Washington wins, they got it. They win the division. They host a playoff game under the most, again, mind-boggling of circumstances with that whole division. I've got Washington beating Philly in Philly. Washington wins the NFC East. Now, on the line, Philly's a point and a half dog in their own building. I like Washington to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the point and a half. Total in the game set at 43 points. I've only got this as a mid-30, so I'm going to tell you to stick under the 43-point total in Washington, Philadelphia. Let's go football team 22, Eagles 12. Let's go to Buffalo now for our first of two kind of interesting, really interesting situations where you have one team on one side that's got everything to play for and the other team who could have something to play for but probably doesn't and could rest their starters but may or may not. So the Bills, fresh off of this absolute demolition of the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, that game is official now, by the way. I think it finished 39-9, so holy hell. Buffalo, on the short week, going to play host to the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, but they do have the benefit of a little bit of extra rest, having played on Saturday in week 16. They're also one of the best ball control teams in the entire NFL. They do not give the ball up and they are very opportunistic in generating turnovers on the defensive side. Buffalo, again, the short week and they could definitely look at resting starters maybe in the second half of this game. And here's why I say that. It's a little bit like I mentioned earlier. Not only are they in a position kind of like the Tampa Bay Bucks, where the only thing they really have to play for is positioning, and it's positioning that they're going to have absolutely no idea what the result of it will be because they play at 2 p.m. So they, they kick off week 17, basically, and have no idea how any of the other games are going to go in terms of, oh, well, I'd rather be the three seed so that I get to play this team because if I'm the two seed, I have to play them and I think I match up better. They're not going to have that opportunity. So really, the only thing that's motivating Buffalo here is if they beat Miami, it, it increases the odds that Miami don't get to go to the playoffs. So... Buffalo, I genuinely feel like they have bigger fish to fry than worrying about whether or not the Dolphins get in the playoffs. They have to focus on whoever it is that they have to play. Buffalo's trying to win a Super Bowl here. So I think that they're less concerned about what's going to happen with the Dolphins than they are with what's going to happen with themselves. And if they're not, Buffalo's not going to do too much in the playoffs this year. Like I said, Miami, very strong ball control team. Yes, the game is in Buffalo, but Miami's got everything to play for. They have to win this week. They are among that that five-team cluster in the AFC who has to win this week. And I think desperation is going to pay off in this situation. 
I like the Dolphins on the road in Buffalo. I genuinely believe Buffalo will rest starters. So I like Miami to win this football game. Let's take the Dolphins in Buffalo to beat the Bills. On the line, Bills are two and a half point favorites at home. I like the Dolphins to win. It's a small price to pay. I like them to win outright. So I'm going to take the two and a half points. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. I've got this game up in the mid 50s. I think we're going to see plenty of points here. Certainly while people like Josh Allen and people like Stephon Diggs are still in the game, they're going to put up their points for sure. So we're going to go over on this point total of 44 and a half points in Buffalo, Miami. Let's go Dolphins 30, Bills 25. So check mark there. We got the Dolphins getting the job done. And again, like I mentioned, very similar situation here in Cleveland. The Browns at home playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who finally ended their winless slide last week. Apparently, the offensive coordinator may have been the issue the whole time, according to some of my closer Steelers friends. Um, Pittsburgh, one of the best, again, ball control teams in the league, generate a lot of turnovers with that really, really stout defense. Cleveland, again, that mind-boggling loss last week when they had their destiny in their own hands and lose to the worst team in the league. Well, one of the worst teams in the league, who I genuinely still think is the worst team in the league, the Jets. They lose to the Jets, and all of a sudden, they've now put themselves in this situation, which just feels to me like, mm, isn't that just peak Cleveland Browns? Isn't that just one of those situations where it's like, look, you can change your coat, but you can't change your spots. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. Now, just like with Buffalo, there's a possibility that exists here that, hey, Pittsburgh could rest some starters. They don't have anything to play for. They can't catch Kansas City. They can't get the bye. This is an early game, so they have no idea about what's going to happen behind them in the standings. Maybe they rest some starters, but I'm going to put it to you this way. Whether the Steelers rest some starters or they don't rest some starters... The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this football game. And the Cleveland Browns, despite a double-digit win season, are not going to go to the playoffs. They're my team on the outside looking in. Spoilers for the rest of the uh, results and picks, I guess. Pittsburgh wins this game. Cleveland finishes the season at 10-6 and and leaves themselves vulnerable. On the line, the Browns are somehow bafflingly a full touchdown favorite against Pittsburgh, which makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. A team that just lost to the New York friggin' Jets are a touchdown favorite against anybody seems crazy to me. So I like Pittsburgh to win outright. Thanks for the touchdown worth of points against the spread. Hedge this thing either way, kind of like with Kansas City. Hedge it either way. Take Pittsburgh plus seven. Total in the game set at 42.5 points. I've got this at a high 40, pushing a 50. So let's go over 42.5 points in Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Steelers, 27. Browns, 22. Now, let's go to Chicago. Let's look at that Bears Packers game that I talked about before. Packers come into this one with an injury concern on the offensive line, and it is Rick Wagner. He injured his knee last week. He was carted off. His status is uncertain here, but it's got to feel doubtful. But this has been the Packers' season. 
The Packers' season has been injury on the offensive line. Somebody else steps up. In a lot of cases, it was Rick Wagner. He's been a backup for a good portion of this season. He steps up, and they still get the same output protecting Aaron Rodgers. It's been a great thing to watch all season that Packers' offensive line play football and keep pass rushers at bay. But it is still an injury concern. You do have to watch out for it, especially with Khalil Mack patrolling that defensive line for the Bears. Bears have to be one of the hungriest teams in football right now. They're at eight and seven. They know they're right on the edge of the knife. They absolutely desperately have to win this football game. If they don't win the game, they finish at eight and eight and they leave the door open for the Arizona Cardinals to overtake them in the playoff picture. It's, it's, Crazy to think that like the Bears started the season five and one. They went on a big losing streak. Everybody was like, oh my God, these guys are frauds. We knew it all along. And then now all of a sudden they're back up to eight and seven and they're still right there in the NFC playoff pictures. Crazy to think that the NFC was that much weaker records wise for the teams that make the playoffs than the NFC was. But I digress. They're still right there. They can still make it. They got to beat Aaron Rodgers to do that. And it's not like... The best thing that could have happened for Chicago was for the Packers to have already wrapped up the number one seed. For the Packers to have been the Chiefs and already had things all wrapped up because then they wouldn't have had to face Rodgers. They wouldn't have had to face Aaron Jones. They probably wouldn't have had to face Devontae Adams. They wouldn't have had to face Jair Alexander or any of the good pieces Adrian Amos that they've got on that defense in the secondary. And Chicago probably could have cakewalked to a win here. Not the case. Green Bay's got everything to play for. That first round bye, extremely important in the playoffs. And I think Green Bay's going to get it. Call me a homer if you want to. That's perfectly fine. Just don't call me late for dinner. The Green Bay Packers win in Chicago. Green Bay wraps up the number one seed in the NFC. The bye through the first round. The NFC playoffs will go through Lambeau Field in January. Good luck, everybody else. Chicago will not make the playoffs or at the very least put themselves in incredible jeopardy to not make the playoffs Packers win in Chicago on the line Packers are favored by five and a half points in Chicago I'm laying the points on Aaron Rodgers he's playing at an MVP level right now he should win the MVP as far as I'm concerned Aaron Rodgers and the Packers cover five and a half points total in the game set at 50 and a half points I only capped this around a low to mid 50, so it's close to this. Situationally speaking, the two teams have only hit six of 14 overs with Chicago at home and Green Bay on the road. Let's stick under on it. I know it's an incredibly low 50, but we'll stay under 50 and a half points in Green Bay, Chicago. Let's go Packers 28. Bears 21, and now we'll look at the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Now look, if I'm wrong about the Washington game, and Philly comes up and upsets Washington, the door is wide open and the winner of this game wins the NFC East. It's incredibly a vital, vital football game, Giants and Cowboys. Now, unfortunately, the Cowboys will come into the game with an injury concern on the offensive line. Stop me if you've heard that yet all this season. It's Connor Williams at the guard position. He suffered a knee injury. His status is uncertain. I think he's trending closer to not playing than playing. 
Dallas has been playing some pretty darn good football lately. 31 points a game over the last month. Three straight games of at least 30 points. That offense is humming along. Now the Giants still riding the defense and the defense has been playing well. The offense has almost entirely disappeared. They've only scored 11 points a game over their last four. So naturally, that can only mean one thing. The Giants are going to potentially win the NFC East. Look, I've said it off and on for weeks and weeks and weeks now. I kind of flip-flopped between Washington and New York being the top two teams in the NFC East. I genuinely believe defense wins divisions, defense wins championships. And if Washington does stumble against Philadelphia, which could certainly happen... I am going to skew on the side of the better defense here. And the better defense is the New York Giants. I'm going to take New York on the road. Sorry, New York at home against the Dallas Cowboys with the injury on the offensive line. The Giants pass rush gets home. I like the Giants at home to beat Dallas and potentially win the NFC East. On the line, the Giants are two and a half point dogs at home in this matchup against Dallas. I fully understand why they're underdogs. I'm taking them to win outright, so thanks for the two and a half points. Giants plus 2.5. Total in the game set at 45 points. I got this capped right around this at a low to mid 40. Now, these two teams combined have only hit 12 of 30 overs this year. So let's go ahead and stick under 45 points in Dallas, New York. Let's go Giants 22, Cowboys 21. Giants put themselves in position. If Washington fumbles, Giants are going to win the division. Okay, here we go, folks. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for the final week of the NFL regular season in 2020, week 17. We'll start, as always, with the bronze pick, where I am 11-5 straight up, only 11-20-1 on the betting picks. This sees the Los Angeles Rams with a massive critical injury the quarterback position the most important position on the team taking on the Arizona Cardinals and Arizona like we mentioned right there with Chicago that most desperate team in the NFC right now they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in because of the tiebreaker situation both they and the Bears are eight and seven now like I just mentioned I've got the Bears losing this week at home against Green Bay that opens the door for the Arizona Cardinals and what a situation they have themselves in again not only the fact that they've got the benefit of the long week having played on Saturday last week but the Rams will be without Jared Goff now Jared Goff broken and dislocated thumb so they had surgery with Jared Goff today. They quoted as them as saying, we hope he'll be back for the playoffs. Now here's something that's interesting. They say, oh, we hope he'll be back for the playoffs. The Rams have not necessarily clinched anything yet. Now, if both the Bears and the Cardinals were to win, I'm sure there would be some kind of tiebreaker situation where the Rams could potentially find themselves on the outside looking in. Now, lucky for them, I've got the Bears losing. So yes, I have the Rams making the playoffs. Just barely, but I've got the Rams making the playoffs one way 
or the other. But look, you lose your starting quarterback, and not only do they lose their starting quarterback, they've got nobody behind him. The two people that they have behind him were an Alliance of American football player who was like, okay, at that level of football, and a college free agent from two years ago that's on their practice squad. That's it. They've got nobody behind Jared Goff because they've spent so much money in other places. If their top quarterback goes down, they've got nobody. They might be better off with me playing quarterback. The Rams are not going to win this football game without Jared Goff. The Rams are going to go nowhere in the playoffs, unfortunately, if Jared Goff is not at 100%. And how in the world could he be at 100% two weeks after surgery on the thumb on his throwing hand? That's just simply not going to be the case. I don't care if it was only a scope. He's not going to be 100%. I feel silly. I kind of feel silly for talking a couple weeks ago about the Rams being like the best team in football that nobody's talking about. Don't exactly feel that way anymore. And they're not going to be on the winning side of things this week. I'm taking Arizona in LA to beat the Rams sans Goff. On the line, the Rams are still somehow a point and a half favorite in this matchup, which makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I like the cards to win outright, so thanks for the point and a half. We will take the plus 1.5. Total in the game set at 42.5 points. I capped this right around this at a mid-40 originally, but the two teams have only hit 9 of 30 overs this year combined. So even though this is a really low number at 42.5, we're going to stick under 42.5 in Arizona, LA. Cardinals straight up, we're going to hammer the cards plus a point and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 42.5 points. That is your bronze pick. Cards 26, Rams 16. My silver pick run 15 and 1 straight up, 11, 17, and 4 on the betting picks. We got four pushes in the silver pick this year. That's crazy. The Houston Texans, one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL. They've struggled with it all year, potentially coming into a game without both Laramie Tunzel and Deshaun Watson. Playing host to a Tennessee Titans team that is desperate for a playoff spot. They're right in that pack at 10-5 and five in the AFC. They are on the tail end of back-to-back road games having just played in Green Bay. But if you're Tennessee, you got to feel like you kind of got embarrassed in Green Bay in the snow. Derrick Henry was not the Derrick Henry that everyone expects Derrick Henry to be. And uh, they got to feel really upset about that. Really very much unhappy about the way that game went. And I think they're going to take it out on the poor Houston Texans. Especially a Houston Texans team that, like I said, maybe without their top tackle. Laramie Tunzel had a high ankle sprain. He's not playing this week, guaranteed. Then you had Deshaun Watson. Had an injury to his throwing arm. Looked a little gnarly if, if, you know, if we're being perfectly honest with each other. They said he's going to have scans on it to determine the extent of the injury. His status is uncertain. He says he's going to play, but I mean, my God, what, like, what's the point? Like, what are you playing for? You're not playing for anything at this point. You're, you're playing to potentially keep Tennessee out of the playoffs, which is nothing. You're not playing for anything. So your long-term health, I think is more important than anything else Deshaun, since I'm sure you don't listen to the show, but still, who knows? Maybe the message will get back to you. Long-term health means more. I'd be shocked if he plays. If he plays, I think it's irresponsible, but you know, I've been wrong about these things before. Uh, whether he plays or not, Tennessee's going to roll in this game. They're the desperate football team. They have to be the desperate football team. They're going to be, and they're going to win. 
and they're going to go to the playoffs. Tennessee in Houston beats the Texans. On the line, Tennessee laying 7.5 points as a road favorite. I'm going to lay it right along with them, 7.5. It's less than double digits, and they're by far the better football team. Houston, I think, defensively doesn't have anything for them. So let's take Tennessee minus the 7.5. Total in the game set at 56. It's one of the higher totals we look at this week, but I've got the game hitting the low 60s, so I'm going to go over on it. Let's go over 56 points in Tennessee-Houston. Titans straight up. We're going to hammer the Titans minus 7.5 against the spread in Houston in a game that goes over 56 points. That is my silver pick. Let's go Titans 42, Texans 20. My gold pick, where I'm 11-5 straight up, 13-18-1 on the betting picks this year, sees the Cincinnati Bengals playing host to the Baltimore Ravens, both teams entering the game with injury concerns, Baltimore also in that cluster of teams fighting for a playoff spot in the AFC. Baltimore playing pretty darn good football over the last month. They're scoring 37 points a game all of a sudden where that offense had been so anemic heading up to that point. Thanks, Lamar. I really could have used that a few weeks ago in the uh, NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, but I will digress on that one. Like I mentioned, injury concern on both sides. For Baltimore, it's on their offensive line. Center Patrick McCurry, he injured his back last week. His status is uncertain. I don't think he's the starting center, but he's played hundreds of snaps this year. So if he can't go, it is a loss for the Ravens. On Cincinnati's side, it's one of the only bright spots on their defense it's in their secondary cornerback William Jackson he suffered a concussion last week he is in protocol his status is uncertain for this game again Cincinnati absolutely nothing to play for Baltimore's got a ton maybe Cincinnati takes some pride in playing spoilers here I'd kind of be surprised Baltimore's got to be desperate Baltimore picks up the win let's take the Ravens on the road in Cincinnati to beat the Bengals On the line, the Ravens are 11.5 point favorites on the road. Man, even though they're scoring the points like they're scoring lately, I think I got to take those points with Cincinnati. I think there could be a point in this game where Baltimore kind of knows, like, hey, we're going to be in. We've got a decent lead in this game. Let's start pulling some people. 11.5 points. It's double digits. It just feels like a little too much for me. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the 11 and a half points on Cincinnati and say, hell, it worked out a couple weeks ago. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. I've only got this thing at a high 30, pretty much just pushing a 40, just barely. So I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to stick under on that. It's a pretty middling number, but I think we're going to stay under 44 and a half points in Baltimore, Cincinnati. Ravens straight up, but we're going to hedge our bets and take the Bengals plus 11.5 points in a game that stays under 44.5 points. That is the gold pick. Let's go Ravens 25, Bengals 15, and the platinum pick where I'm 11-5 straight up, but only 10-22 and 22 on the betting picks this year. The Indianapolis Colts, one of the best ball control teams in the league, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, now the proud owners of the first overall pick. Now, by virtue of the Colts' loss last week against Pittsburgh, they are the team that right now is on the outside looking in in the AFC playoff picture, the 10-5 team that currently holds the 8 seed, which is not the spot you want to be in when only 7 make the playoffs.
As I mentioned, the Colts are one of the best ball control teams in the NFL this season. They generate turnovers. They do not cough the ball up very much. Can't say the same for the Jags. They are towards the bottom of the league in terms of their turnover differential. Defense does not generate a ton. The offense gives up more than they can recover. Jacksonville successful with the tank due in no small part to the fact that their defense makes pretty well any offense that they play look better than they could ever make themselves look. And I think that happens again here. Jacksonville, I don't think, has much of anything to gain by trying to prevent the Colts from making the playoffs, nor do I think they're capable of doing so even if they wanted to. So Colts are going to win this game. Colts are going to go to the playoffs. And that is why I mentioned earlier, kind of let it slip. Cleveland. Sorry, guys, you couldn't get it done against the damn New York Jets. If you can't get it done against them, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs, and I don't have you going. Colts are going to pick up the win at home against the Jags. Now, on the line, the Colts are favored by two full touchdowns, 14 points. I'm going to go ahead and lay it. The Colts are scoring 30 points a game. The Jags are giving up 35 points a game. Yes, it's two full touchdowns, but against the Jags, I don't see any reason not to lay that, even though it's double digits. Total in the game set at 50 points. I've got this at a mid to high 50, so I felt an over anyway. The two teams have hit 17 of 30 overs this year, so it is a slight lean on the over. We're going to go over 50 points in Indianapolis, Jacksonville. We're going to go Colts straight up. We're going to hammer the Colts minus 14 against the spread in a game that goes over 50 points. That is my platinum pick. Let's go Colts 41, Jags 16. There you go, folks. For the final time this regular season, the picks are in in the NFL football pick show for the 2020 NFL season, week 17. It is time now for the patented comment of the week. And we had quite a few of them last week. The comment of the week from the week 16 episode goes to my good buddy Evicencio. I think I called his name earlier this season. Maybe it was late last season. It's entirely possible. Evicencio, a big Buffalo Bills fan, so obviously incredibly happy with what happened tonight. Two days ago, came in with the comment of, I think my Bills Mafia will say happy holidays. They're finally clinched and wait for the playoffs, not the wild cards being necessary. Now, I commented yesterday saying, that's a party and a half right there. Can't hate the Bills Mafia, and for the record, you can't. And Evicencio just replied 52 minutes ago, Bills 39, Patriots 9. I am victorious. So congratulations again to the Buffalo Bills. Massive division win this week. Again, I don't think you get the job done against Miami in week 17, but yours, Evicencio, is the comment of the week from the week 16 episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now just turning 1 a.m. and your boy's going to bed. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, not fueled by nerd tees, but with nerd tees in my heart. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to draw to a close the ninth regular season for Justin's NFL football pick show. means the world to me that you've taken the time to listen an hour or so a week, every single week, all the way through week 17 in this strangest of strange seasons for the NFL. Thank you so much for your continued support. Obviously, the playoff picks are just around the corner, and who doesn't love them? Some playoff picks. 
That'll be coming up next week through my brand new microphone again. One more time, thank you very much to my Blue Snowball, which has been a faithful companion over the last four years. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again for Wild Card Weekend, the first round of the NFL playoffs. Get a good night's sleep. Enjoy the games in week 17. See you next week.